seem a little noticeable because we just got through doing a series over these exact same verses. Um, it's, uh, it's the I Am statement to Jesus. Um, it's, we're going to look at it from a little bit different perspective, um, different take on these things. And so I think we can read Scripture several times and still get something out of it each time. I'm doing keto right now, and so I can't eat pizza with you guys, so I'm going to cook my, my food while I teach. Is that cool? No? Okay, awesome. I'm going to do it So, um, I'm excited for this series. It's going to be good. So with that being said, we, we play the game with some quotes. That's what he said. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys some other quotes. See if you guys can tell me who said these things. You got it? Let's see if it's working. There we go. Oh, go back to the very first one. Not that one. Go back to the first one. There we go. So I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, by the content of their character. Who said that one? Look at you. You kept saying, you, I just knew you were going to get it one time. So you knew that one? Ask not what you, your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. It was not Muhammad Gandhi. Does anybody know who this one is? It was a president. Do any of the adults know who it is? Huh? It would be John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy. All right, and you guys got this one already because we went a little too far. I came in like a wrecking ball. I never hit so hard in love. Yeah, I'm not gonna sing it for you because you don't want me to sing it for you. No. So, all right, you guys on that one. Um, and then what about this one? Who said that? All right, that should be an easy one. That's a toss-up. That's very easy. And so, the church answer of Jesus, it, it works in this instance here. Jesus said a whole bunch of things when he was alive. And if you read the Gospels, that, they help you find out what he said because of his words. In a lot, a lot of Bibles, they're, what color are, are his words in? Red. And so, like, makes some, some Bibles make it easier to find what he's saying because they are in red. But here's the sweet things about the things that Jesus said. Said. Because Jesus' words, they have power. And I can't, I can't change you. You can't change you. Also, I forgot to tell you guys, this is in the Bible app. If you guys want to follow along in the Bible app as well. Um, I can't change you. you. You can't really change you. But Jesus' words have the capability to change our lives. Peyton, are you okay? Huh? What smells bad? It's fantastic. Does it? Barbecue chips. All right. Well, then I guess I'm not going to share. So, any, any, you know, any of the quotes that we see, they help motivate us. They, we love to sing them. But Jesus' words are life-changing and they're life-giving. So we're going to spend the next couple of weeks um, looking at, like I said, the I Am statements of Jesus. We did this not, like I said, just not very long ago. For Jesus said, I am the bread of life. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. And I am the resurrection and the life. And the last one, I am the vine. You are the branches. And so we're going to look at what these phrases mean because I truly believe that Jesus said these things. He said that because when we truly get what they mean, it could change our lives in a way that we never imagined. I believe when these statements are understood that they are life-changing. And that's, that's what I want for you guys, is that whenever you see these things, you hear these things, that these things are life-changing for you. I want you guys to know Jesus, to grow in your relationship with Him, or maybe to begin the relationship with Him for the first time. So we're going to talk about Jesus, and I couldn't be more excited about it. So let me pray to get this kind of started. God, thank you for this chance just to teach and to, um, to minister to these kids. God, I pray uh, tonight as we, we just dig in and just again, just even though we, we look at this scripture uh, a month or two ago, God, just know that there's still things for us that we can still pull out and learn um, today. And I pray that we're challenged and that we, that we truly see the power of the words of Jesus and, and what it means to, to desire Him and, and long for Him and to have a life change and have an encounter that, that changes us um, for the rest of our lives, God. In your name I pray. Amen. Alright, so, how many of you guys love food? Okay, some of you guys love food. Um, I'm not talking about the foods you like because you have to like them, or because you would die if you didn't, you know, you didn't like them or whatever. I'm talking about like a love for food, period. Like, you love food. Who, like, who loves, loves food? And the sort of love where you're already thinking about your next meal when you're eating your current one. Uh, because just the thought of it... Kind of get you ready for your next meal. That, that's how I am. I know that's how Mason is. That's food. I love food. And so let me ask you this. What are some of the foods that you guys crave? Steak. steak. Ramen. Chicken steak. Chicken fried steak. That's good stuff. What do you like? You have no idea what food you crave. No? Macaroni and cheese? Like homemade or like from a box or what? What else? What are some foods you guys crave? Cheese. Cheese. Like what kind of cheese? Like any cheese? Or like like, like string cheese? Yeah. That's cool. Whatever, Zach. You ground it. All right. This is I. I love. This is this is a food I crave. I love. I love rosemary. I love roses. When I, when I used to not live here, like so we lived in by Houston. The closest roses to us was about two and a half hours away in College Station, and we didn't get. To, we had it like once or twice. Or I would make. I would. I would plan youth camps where we would drive through a town that had roses to go. I'm not making that up. I'm. I'm not making that up. I, I really did plan a camp in Belton so we could drive through at lunchtime 
in uh, College Station and grab some roses and introduce kids from Houston to roses. I love, I love roses. Um, I love steak. Um, some of you guys are covering the noses. I don't want really to get that. This steak is probably the best steak you'll ever eat in your entire life. Ask Leah. Because I doesn't really care. I like mom's food. You like mom's food? She doesn't even cook. Um, but as much as I love food, do you know what the problem is? Even after you eat, no matter how much you stuff yourself, I think of like Thanksgiving. How many of you guys eat a lot on Thanksgiving? I eat way too much. I wear, I'm like Nacho Libre. I bring out the stretchy pants to Thanksgiving. No matter how much you eat, no matter how much you stuff yourself, you will be hungry later, right? That's, that's nothing you can do about it. That's, that's what happens. No matter how much you, you crave it, no matter how much you desire not to be hungry later, your body says it's time to eat. The craving can be quenched for a little while by eating some food, but eventually you will go hungry again. That's just, that's life. Now the same thing is true for our spiritual lives. Because everybody is craving something. Everybody is craving something. Everyone is searching for something. Everyone is worshiping something or someone. So the question is just simply, what is that thing that you are craving, that you are searching for? There's always going to be a craving that will never go away if it's something that's from this earth. People search for satisfaction in other people uh, and things. Everyone has that friend or once they get a boyfriend or girlfriend, they kind of disappear and they're never seen without the other, right? You might ever have that. Maybe you are that person. Or you have, this, you have these friends, they get a boyfriend or girlfriend and then like you never see them again. You might ever have that happen? No? Like three of y'all maybe? Or maybe so then maybe it's you then if you didn't, if you didn't have a friend. Um... Or, uh, you know, you have that friend, like I said, they, they have that boyfriend or girlfriend, and they kind of make that person, like, their entire life. And, like, that's all they're ever around is just those people or that person. Um, and they're happy when things are going well. And then uh, their whole world is falling apart when they're fighting. You know, the relationship is all they talk about, they care about, they think about. And when they break up, then all of a sudden, they kind of come back to your little friend group, right? Uh, because... That satisfaction of that relationship, of that person, is no longer there. We all have those friends. We look, to, we look to other people to fill this craving. And this is why I believe pornography is so toxic. You put all your cravings into this computer screen for your own consumption. Not looking at the people on the screen as people, but as things for your pleasure. Then when it comes to your future marriage, and you find your spouse does not meet the expectation that you have in your head because you sought satisfaction in a screen, your marriage falls apart. There's not one person who can meet all your needs physically, mentally, spiritually, or socially. It's not possible. You can ask any of these people in this room that's married. Your spouse cannot fulfill all those things for you. Am I correct? Or am I just, they cannot do that. That's why it's good to have some friends. Other people. And so, uh, you fill up on, on what they can offer you, but then you only become hungry again. The people crave something from doing certain things. Uh, they think if they try this, or they do this, or they say this, they will get what they're looking for. They will always fall flat as well, and you will always be left wanting more. So maybe doing this thing will make me cool. Maybe you feel like part of the in crowd, or be popular, or whatever. People are going to like me if I do this certain thing. 
But eventually what is left is just a failed feeling of still wanting more. Some people think they will be satisfied with more and more stuff. People think more things equal more happiness and it might bring, us, bring it for a little while, uh, but it will never truly satisfy. You fill up on stuff only to get hungry again. So in this passage, when we read about Jesus and he tells us why he is the only one who can truly satisfy and is the only thing we should hungry, hungry, hunger for. So in your Bible, turn to John 6. If you have the Bible app, it should be on there. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the NIV for tonight. All right, so John 6, we're going to start in verse uh, 25. It says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? So Jesus answered, maybe. Right, oh, there we go. Right, no well, Jesus answered, very true, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So we're going to second. We're going to look, kind of break this down. So what's happening in this this passage here? It says when they found them, but where where were they? If you look at the chapter beforehand, chapter five, the crowds that found Jesus were just with him. In the chapter before, Jesus fed the five thousand people. That's when he told them, "Have them sit down." And then he sent his disciples across the lake, where he then walked on water. A lot of cool things happening in this couple chapters. And these people were chasing after Jesus because they realized what he could do, which was put food in their bellies, and they were still hungry because people get hungry. So they were pursuing Jesus, not because of who he was or what he was teaching, but because he could give them food. And how do so many of us to look to God for something that you can get from him? You think of God like an ATM, like you only go to God when things are bad. Like, God, I need help. I need out of this situation. Help me. Get me out. Heal my family member. Do this for me. You you come to this place and only think about what you can get out of what you're here for tonight. Maybe you can get away from your family or you can get to hang out with your friends. You get to hear and listen to some amazing music or play some games or just hear some teaching in small group times or whatever. Jesus is trying to let you know something about who he is here. And when we can grasp this, that's when things are going to change in this room. When you come here and you're listening for God's word. When you come here, how many of you guys, don't raise your hand, just think about this. When you come here Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, how many of you guys walk through that door and expect God to show up and move in your, in your life when you come through the door? Don't raise your hand. Because I've been in ministry long enough. I've been here for over a year. I see that when people walk in these doors, they're not coming for that. They're not coming for, for, for what can Jesus Show me. What can Jesus do in my life? And how can Jesus transform me? It's, my parents made me. Uh, I can hang out with my friends. I can play games. I can just, you know, whatever. Like, that's not just exclusive to this group. This is exclusive to youth ministry and youth teenagers, period. But there needs, you guys need to expect for life change to happen when you take, take, come to this place. Not because this place is special or holy, but because God is. You guys hear me? Because what God's trying to teach you, what God is trying to show you is so much bigger than anything I could ever tell you or show you. 
So when we begin to grasp that God is trying to teach you these things, that's when life change begins to happen. So these people were following Jesus because of what they could get. And this is what he says about them in verse uh, 27. He says, uh, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And so they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? Uh, what would you do? Our ancestors uh, ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks at the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. So what powerful word Jesus is speaking here. He noticed that the people are missing the point of his feeding them. So he explains it to them. Jesus' greatest gift was not the bread that he fed them the day before, the fish. As cool and as awesome as that miracle was. But his true gift is that of eternal life. Physical bread is perishable. Anybody ever had some bread in your house you kind of forgot about and you kind of get moldy and nasty? Starts kind of walking on its own? That's nasty, right? It, it, it goes bad and it goes stale, moldy. But the gift of Jesus, who is the bread of life, will last forever. So every single person in this room is spiritually hungry. Every person in this room wants to know, why am I here? What's my purpose in life? That's a question that scares a lot of us. We know that something is missing, so we try and fill it with our activities, or by buying things, or with relationships, and with doing things to try to fit in, or whatever. What Jesus is saying here is that all of these things, these are things, they're not going to last. They will not satisfy you truly. He says you'll only go hungry again. And what he offers is something that will fill the void that you feel. He will fulfill that spiritual hunger for those who turn to him. So what is Jesus saying here? It's saying, number one, don't work for food that spoils. That's what he said there. He literally said those words. Basically, if you are making things, you're number one, you are in for a world of hurts. If you make cars or money or big houses, your beauty, your boyfriend, your girlfriend... Your stuff, your experiences, whatever. If you try to make all these things your source of life, you're only pursuing food that is going to spoil and go bad and will ultimately still leave you feeling hungry. And these things, in the end, they don't matter. They're worthless. These things might satisfy you for a bit, but they won't last, and you'll still be spiritually empty. You'll eat 
only to be hungry again. Jesus is the bread of life. He is what we all, even if we don't even know it or want to acknowledge it, are hungry for. He's the only thing that will satisfy. You want to know your purpose in life? Why are you here? Jesus, that's your answer. Jesus will fulfill you. And Jesus fills everything that you are craving. I don't know if you guys get the, the awesomeness of that saying that Jesus fills everything that you're craving. Jesus is making a huge claim here and it affects us. He's saying that having him is equivalent to having air. He's saying that through him we have a source of life. He's saying that for those who trust in him they will discover their purpose here on this world. He's saying that if you don't have him in your life, you don't have real life yet. You're not really living He's saying that if you don't trust in Him yet, you are still trying to find other things to fill the craving that you have with things that will spoil and will continually leave you empty. So Jesus, in this statement, is completely confident that once we get just a taste, just a taste of Him, we will leave the other things behind and continue to seek after Him. Has anybody ever eaten some kind of food that you had a taste of and then, like it's been like, You've been on the hunt for something that, that's good ever again. There's a place I went to with my wife. We were on our 10th anniversary. We were in Hot Springs, Arkansas at this Salvadoran restaurant. And they had this queso flamato. Anybody know what queso flamato is? It's, uh, it's cheese. Like, it's like a queso dip, but it's, it's, a, it's not a queso like you can dip your chip in. It's a, very, it's a much thicker queso. It's usually got like chorizo and some flamato pepper, peppers in it. And it's a little thicker, so you kind of like scoop it out and you wrap it in tortillas and you eat it. And it's very unhealthy. Very good. But there's some places in town that have them. We've been to places around Houston that had them. But nothing has ever been as good as this place in the hot springs. Um, we, we've, every time we go to a restaurant and they have queso pomato on the, on the menu, we get it just to see if we can have that experience of the best queso pomato we've ever had. Has anybody ever have a food like that that you had it once and like, man, I want it again? That's... That's what this is like. That once you have just a small bite of Jesus, you're, you're going to want more. If you truly have that encounter, truly have experienced Christ, you're going to want more. The cravings we have deep within us, they're going to be satisfied. And the big questions we have in life, they're going to be answered. But the way that we need air and food and water every single day is the way we need Jesus in our lives spiritually. In the same way we need air, food, and water every day, we need to nourish ourselves daily spiritually. That means praying. That means reading your Bible. That means um, maybe singing some songs. That's what you like to do. There's, there's ways that you guys can worship God that's not inside the walls of the church. Hopefully that's something you guys do. Um, hopefully you guys are spending time in, in Scripture. Hopefully you guys are praying in worshiping God. There's, there's things that you guys can be doing every single day. That's what God is asking. That's what's going to nourish our daily lives spiritually. That's the only thing that's going to keep us growing. Because if you come to church on Sunday and Wednesday and you think this is all that's going to, all you need in order to grow spiritually, you are missing the point. Because it's not about me. It's not about your adult leaders. It's not about Doug giving you guys what God is telling us to teach. It's you guys learning on your own, digging into Scripture and doing things for yourself. 
Because there's going to become a time when you're not part of this youth ministry. Not because you're kicking out, but because you graduate, right? So you need to, to be able to learn to do these things on your own. Um, like having a kid, you know, when JoJo was a little baby, we had to feed her. She didn't know how to feed herself. Now she's getting a little bit older, she can kind of feed herself and do things. And that's, that's my goal here. You may have been spiritually fed, like from a you know, spiritual baby bottle for a while, but now you need to eat, eat the meat. That's actually not me talking, that's the book of Hebrews talks about eating meat, getting from baby food to, to meat. You guys need to grow and, and, and quit relying on other people to grow you. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to sound, I hope you don't hear me say like sound mean and, and like I don't appreciate you guys being here. I do. I, I, I love that you guys are here. I'm glad you guys are here. But don't let this be it for your spiritual walk. Does that make sense? You guys need to do things on your own because that's when true growth happens. Yes, you may grow in here, but true growth is going to happen when you do things outside of these walls on your own. So my questions to you are, what do you hunger for? What are you craving? It's been a while since I've eaten. I did that on purpose because um, I knew I was teaching this because that's what I you know, I don't just walk up here and wing it. And I had the steak prepared. Um, I'm, I'm ready to eat this steak. Um, like my stomach is growling over here. Is it not? Um, so what are you hunger for? What are you craving? What is the thing that you're chasing after? What are you filling your soul with that, that only leave, will only leave you hungry? What are you hungry for? Because what we need to do is, is to hunger for Jesus. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man is not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When was the last time you just had such a... Okay, let me ask you this. Has anybody ever had those stomach pains like you were really hungry and you wanted to eat something? Maybe not like right now, but to some point in time you want. Probably, at some point in time, you told your parents, I'm starving. It's been like 30 minutes since you ate because you're teenagers and your metabolism is really high. And so, you're like, I'm just starving. You have those kind of hunger pains. When was the last time you had that for God and His Word? Now you're just like, man, I just have to get into God's Word. I just have to spend time in prayer. I just have to spend time worshiping and singing praises to my God. When was the last time you had the same kind of hunger and desire just to be with God? It sounds simple, but it takes work. You're developing a hunger for Jesus. In this passage, people ask Jesus to perform another sign after he just fed them. And they missed what he was trying to do completely. Same thing today. How many of us think, okay, God, show me a sign. Let me see a sign. Do something amazing for me. And this generation's biggest problem is that they keep asking God for a sign, but he already sent the word as a sign. Send a son as a sign, and we just don't read it, and we don't pay attention to it because we hunger for something else. Some of us are saying, I'm not being fed, I want to go deeper. Yet we're not even eating the food that is being laid out before us. We're not seeking after Jesus and doing the simple things that make a huge difference in our spiritual lives. So I'm going to give you guys three ways that you can fill your hunger for Jesus. Uh, download the Bible app and do a reading plan. There's a good chance you guys had the Bible app open already. And it's already at the bottom of your little notes for tonight. There is a reading plan specifically talking about hungering for God. Weird how that worked out. You know, it, it, there's a thing we can do on your phone. If you have the Bible app, you can, uh, if you just, you can do, add this little widget and there's a Bible verse of the day right there. Even if it's just that, I'm going to ask you to go out there and read like, Psalm 119, all in one sitting. That's a long chapter. But read something. 
Do something in God's Word. Um, there's reading plans that take you less than five minutes a day, and you can set reminders to remind you. Like if you know, if you're if you're usually like in, laying in your bed at like 9 p.m., you can set a reminder that whenever you're laying there, because more likely you're probably on your phone or near your phone, you can set a reminder. Hey, read your Bible. It's pretty easy. When you begin taking in the Word of God, you'll see you will soon can't get enough of God's Word. Number two is a 21-day prayer challenge. Um, you, want, you want prayer to become a habit in your life? Hopefully you do. Experts say it takes about 21 days in a row for your body and mind to get used to doing something and forming a habit. And um, so I have a 21-day prayer challenge. I didn't have a chance to get it printed off tonight. Um, I'll have it for you guys next week if anybody's interested in doing this 21-day prayer challenge. But the prayer challenge has uh, different topics to help guide you because if you're anything like me, sometimes you don't really know what to pray or who to pray for or what to pray, that kind of stuff. And this may help kind of kickstart you in your prayer life. And once you enter conversation with God, again, you can't get enough and, and you will not go unsatisfied. Third thing is go get prayer. It may sound kind of funny, but... Did you guys know that it's okay to ask God to give you the desire to hunger for Him? It's okay. Like maybe, maybe you just maybe you're in this, this spiritual rut. Maybe you're not walking deeply with God, and you just just say, God, give me that desire to hunger for You like I need to. That's okay. Ask God. Pray. Pray to God to give you that hunger and that desire. Um, we're gonna break up into small groups here in a minute. You know, talk to them. Talk to me about letting them help you. Kind of. Um, Nurture that and, and to have that desire to grow closer. So I just want to end tonight with this last thought. That things will only leave you hungrier. And Jesus will satisfy for a lifetime. Because he is the bread of life. God, thank you for this chance just to, um, to teach about being, you being the bread of life. And how you... you uh, God, you'll always satisfy our needs. you always satisfy us more than anything in this world ever could. God, I pray tonight as we break up into our small groups that, God, we are challenged and we're, um, just want to grow. God, that we, we see that coming to church isn't about just playing the games or seeing friends or just because our parents made us, God, but maybe shift our focus on our desire to, to come to encounter the living God. God, may there be some just honest discussions, some deep discussions and God, may that be life changed tonight. Shame I pray. Amen.